episode 210, founder of Hey Yo, Nathan Latka. How to make millions in your underwear and a mistake that cost him millions. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you, worlds they live by. For example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, the alpha round, and their wake-up question to finish. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, number one best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and high-performance specialist. I'll be your host and guide through this journey. Head over to ayalpha.com. Search Awaken Your Alpha on Facebook, and you'll find private group for the true fans of the show. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Hope you love it. We're back to the original, the old school, the origin of Arnold introducing the show, my original music. This is the origins. This is what it should be. This is Awaken Your Alpha. Get to the podcast. Okay, we've got a brilliant one today. It's going to be fast and furious today. We have Nathan Latka here. He is the, the main man behind Hey Yo. Um, and one of the key things, we're going to dig in, but you know, a key thing to kind of get your attention, created an eight-figure business at 25 24 years of old with Heyo. He's done lots of other things since and probably before as well. We're going to dig right into. Uh, so firstly, Nathan, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Adam, I am ready, man. Thanks for having me. No worries. So as I said, that was one of my briefest intros ever. Um, and it's not to belittle all the things you've done. So what would you like to add? Not really subtract because I didn't really say much. What would you like to add or highlight um, what are you all about? Um, and yeah, over to you. Yeah, who the heck? Look, I've done a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Some's interesting, some's not. Uh, you <laughs> talked about Heyo. Yeah, it was, I was 19 years old. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think when you look at all the 19 year olds across the country, I had to have been like top 1% or maybe even top because, you know, we grew to, to about 5 million bucks in annual revenue. It was a, uh, it was a software company. I launched from my dorm room, raised two and a half million bucks in venture capital, including from a billionaire. So something really special happened with that. It's something going on up here. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it worked well and we sold it about a year ago uh, to our number one competitor. So now I'm, you know, 27 years old. Uh, we've got, I've got many things going on. Are you listening to the podcast, by the way, that I've got going? You've got the, the podcast is the top, isn't it? Yeah, it's called the Top Entrepreneurs. Have you listened before? I would, no, I've literally searched in prep for this, I've come across it, but I wouldn't want to belittle and say, yes, I'm a, a, a keen listener of some of that because you would probably ask me some questions about it and I'd be no, like, oh. you're, you, you, will probably, you will probably hate it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think I'm the most sued podcaster because my episodes, <laughs> they're so aggressive and I hit these CEOs so hard every day for 15 minutes. They tell me their income. And Adam, what, what happens, their board oh, reaches man. out after the episode goes live and goes, Nathan, <laughs> You got our CEO to share like equity splits and valuation and customer counts. You need to take the episode down right now. And you know what I say, Adam? I look at them and I go, the episode was so good. I'm putting it up again. Oh, see, look, I know exactly. It's good you brought that up because, yeah, with the, the, um, the, sorry, the top, the podcast, I thought, oh, you know, I'd love, you know, I'm, that's one thing I'm doing actively this, this year, this time. Not getting sued? No, no, I was going to say is, being on other people's or being interviewed myself as opposed, to, as opposed to just interviewing other people like a machine. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, let's have a look at this. And I, I read what it is and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to be on that show. And now you've <laughs> even more. I love yeah. it. 
it is a give and a take. I have, you know, I've interviewed at this point, when you add up all the companies I've interviewed, they've raised over $6.3 billion. And if you added up all their revenue, they do about 1.9 billion in annual revenue. These are people that are, you know, sometimes I focus on people just starting out because people want to know, you know, how to get your first hundred customers. But Adam, I mean, look, a lot of the times, these are people that are about to file the IPO. Bill.com just came on, they raised 120 million bucks. So, wow. Uh, but I hit them hard and their yeah. PR people always reach out before and go, Nathan, <laughs> send us a list of questions. And I'm like, I'm not sending you the questions. That's, no, that's not how I answers. Roll. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but I, I love it because when I, you know, there's so many, you know, podcasts out there that can be quite generic. And I, uh, obviously I looked into that and I was like, that is not generic. Like that is very specific, you know seven days a week, 20 minutes in, and it is literally, you're digging into the, how much they sold last month. And I was just like, whoa. It is a is... battle. It is a battle, battle, battle every time. And uh, yeah, you know, I would do the episode, I would do this show even if nobody was listening. I mean, my <laughs> iTunes reviews, have you seen the reviews? They're like one stars and people are going, he's cocky, he's arrogant. He, like he cuts people off, he's rude. And I'm like, you're damn right. I only have 15 minutes and then I have to go build my own business. I don't want to listen to a two hour podcast. So... I love it. Oh, that's, that is awesome. But no, that's the, the other thing. Like my, my shows, you have, I have people on with, you know, oh, I don't know if I can fit all my, my, my story, my awesomeness or whatever it is into half an hour. But I think it's more impactful sometimes the shorter you go because, you know, then there's kind of less is more. And like you say, people, you've got a lot going on. You know, people haven't got as much time to be able to necessarily listen to a, like a two hour Tim Ferriss podcast, which, you yeah. know, I love that guy. But again, it's, it's nice to have that kind of, potency that impactfulness in there so i mean can you just tell us you kind of touched it there very briefly we all kind of i call it my alpha origins in terms of how did you like that 19 year old who, who starts up hey yo um like what did you want to were you always entrepreneurial growing up or did this kind of just oh i'll try this or what were your thoughts like what did you want to be growing up well i everyone's motivated differently um, I love uh, in using insecurity to drive myself. It works really, really well. Public humiliation is not something I would enjoy, so I use that to my advantage. Um, so what I mean by that is when I was sitting in architecture school at Virginia Tech, which, listen, I had a 4.0 GPA, which is the top, you know, no, no pun intended, but it's the top GPA, and the, the program was ranked number one or number two in the country up there with Cornell, and I overheard fifth-year students when I was a second year saying they couldn't get jobs. Now, this was in 09, right? After the financial crash. Nobody was building. Who the hell needs an architect? So I said, oh my gosh, this is not good. So I went back to my dorm room that night and said, I've got to figure out something to sell. And I came across Facebook fan pages, which I had no idea how to create. But I started selling them by calling up people that had the word executive in their Facebook fan page title and, say, and hitting their ego. And Adam, what I would say is, <laughs> you're not a real executive because you don't have an executive Facebook fan page, which... I branded like heck, I made up, but I branded it and it was a very real thing, but I made it up. It was a smart thing to do and people bought. So I pre-sold 73 grand worth of that product before dropping out and building it. Whoa. And I think that's a, a huge thing there, that pre, pre-selling it is, that's just so good. And it comes back to what I hear a lot from really successful entrepreneurs, you know, kind of sell it before they've even, even thought about making it someone. Cause I the other extreme is where people, you know, lock themselves away in a basement for like six months spend all this build out this what they think is awesome but it is probably very thorough and then no one wants to buy it and they're kind of like oh crap 
Well, and then you will also have, you have people listening right now. And if they're weak people, now you probably don't have weak people listening, but weak people will hear what I just said and go, Nathan, that's unethical. You can't sell something that doesn't exist. And I say, no, you're just, it's smart, uh, <laughs> right? It's smart to pre-sell because you can just refund everybody if you end up not building it. So again, there's a lot of people who just will never have success in life that hear what I just said and they'll go, oh, I can't do that. That's that's not right. That's not good. And I'm going to say, no, you're just, you can't figure out how to do it. So you're using that as an excuse to call it unethical. It's the smart thing to do. Smart people do it. And that's how you build a great business with little risk. Cool. So with Hey and I know you said you just sold it sort of recently in the last uh, year or so, uh, but that's obviously not the, the only thing you've, you've done. And you kind of had obviously things going on at the same time. What, once you kind of had this big success and run with that, I mean, how did you develop it? And then what made you want to start doing other things at the same time, like, you know, even the podcast and like, what made you want to do these other things? Well, we missed the boat at Hayo. Uh, so I launched it in 2011. We sold it in 2016. The big year where these kinds of companies were selling was in 2012 when Buddy Media sold for 600 million to Salesforce. You had Wildfire sell for 300 million to Google and Volver sold to Oracle for 300 million. Vitru sold for 300 million. We were all competing with all of them. So we missed the boat and we had a very big, I mean, it was an amount of money where your listeners listening would go, that's just un an unbelievable am amount of money. We had an unbelievable amount of money and an offer to, to, to have the company acquired. And I said no. And you know why I said no, Adam? Because like many entrepreneurs, I was obsessed with reading TechCrunch and all these other you know, entrepreneur CEO stories. And I'd go, oh, well, Mark Zuckerberg turned down a billion from Yahoo. Of course I should turn down an acquisition offer. And it was the stupidest advice, the stupidest advice I've ever received. We should have taken that offer. Now, I'm really rich. I would have been way richer if I'd taken that deal, but that's besides the point. So the reason we sold is we missed the boat. We were behind. The market was, the market was starting to decline. I said, I gotta get out for as much as I can right now. I would, I would be, bearing in mind what you just mentioned about your uh, podcast, I'd be missing a trick if I didn't ask, and you could obviously just say, whatever, no, but what was that figure or the peak of when you said no, just to really give us a- Adam, that was, so, that was so soft. You should have said, Nathan, my audience what is, is going that to money? kill you if you don't <laughs> tell me the number. What's I the mean, number? I am, obviously, my mind just said this, and I'm thinking, it was a crazy amount. I'm thinking, what is that amount? So I'm not the only yeah. one. So we were doing that offer for us. We were doing at that point about 30 grand per month in revenue. So still fairly small. Uh, so that's about 360 grand in annual revenue. The typical company, that's a SaaS company, would sell for maybe 10x. We had a 20x offer on ARR on the table. So it was a really, really good offer. Whoa, whoa. So we, the mathematicians out there would be fine. My math is pretty useless. It was over seven, it was over a $7 million acquisition price when I still own the majority of the company. Oh, and this was, I was, you know, 21, you know, I was 21 years old. Wow. I'd be a good 20, 21st birthday present or a good night out anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm cheap as hell though. I will tell you just cause you're rich doesn't mean you like you'll show it. I mean, I don't know if you can yeah. see this right now, but I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. I don't know where this video is going to be posted, but like <laughs> I have this thing on an ironing board right now. <laughs> I love it. With like oh, my bed to see. in downtown Austin. And by the way, like I'm in my underwear, like you can't tell that, <laughs> but like, I already, I, I've seen it all now. When, when <laughs> this video, I didn't hit record. So you're going to miss that, but it was fully, I think, well, just got yeah, out of the shower or something. Yeah. yeah. We've got the essentials, you've got the ironing board, you've got the mic, hey, it's all good. But no, I love this because people, there will literally be people out there thinking, oh, I can't be interviewed or I can't start a podcast because I don't have a studio or I, I don't have the best mic or I don't have this. Like yeah. for the first year of my podcast, I had 
this, and I didn't even buy this specially. It was just the the Apple headphones that everyone has. Well, um, yeah. I even I even then bought a, a special microphone that wasn't much, but most of the time I reverted back to this just because it was uh, easy and, and it sounded reasonably just as good. And it's the yeah. content anyway. At the end of the day, it's the content. But Adam, I'll tell you, you know what's going to happen now. This is going to be like you see a picture of me in my underwear. This is going to be like the number one most downloaded podcast you've ever done, right? Your cougars <laughs> are going to go crazy. <laughs> I just, you can say, what, what do you even call this episode? I'm just going to put Nathan Latka in It is pants. underwear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, actually, I shouldn't say pants because in England that means underwear. But yeah, I just say, like, yeah. I, I just hype it up a little bit as you do. I just say naked. There you go. Why not? Push the, push the envelope a little bit. <laughs> they will look in and just say, oh, he's not naked. We're going Howard Stern, baby. <laughs> Quality. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned, like, with Hey Yo, I mean, you skimmed over it kind of like, oh, you know, you, oh, you did say you were super smart and you kind of thought well, we had a result, but why do you think you nailed it, as it were? Like, there's a lot of people trying to create the next Hey Yo or whatever. Why do you think, what are there some of the, are the key approach you took or just were you in the right place, right time? Or what do you think it separated you? Uh, well, look, I'm, I'm never going to try and tell your audience there's something that like I did that they can replicate because I do think there's something in my genes. There's just something about how I think and some things are good and some things are bad, but mostly good because it worked, right? And, and we're winning and we're doing well. Uh, but I mean, you know, <sighs> luck's a big part of it too in timing. Um, and, and then going like all in. I mean, I was at a point in my life where, you know, no kids, no house, no car payment, you know, no animals, no nothing, no expenses. I kept my expenses very low, which means I could plow everything into the business. Most people, they just psychologically can't get there and they make excuses. I mean, some people even say, Nathan, I have kids, so I have expenses, so I can't do that. And I say, um, well, did a kid just like randomly magically pop out? No, you made a choice to go, you know what, right? On some bed somewhere, like you made a choice to have a child. Usually most, now there's obviously outstanding circumstances, but even that was a choice. So even people that use the excuse, Nathan, I have six kids, my monthly expenses just on food are like three grand. Like I can't save 80% of my income. Okay, well, that was a choice you made. So like, now you need to figure out how to, how to work with that choice you made and save money and, and build around it. But that's the key is keep your expenses way, way, way lower than your income, which is why I'm on an ironing board right now, right? I'm so bad at spending money. I'm great at making it. I'm horrible at spending <laughs> That's the, Hey, it's best to be that, that way around. Yeah. No, I, I, I love what you're saying there because that's one of the things I'm almost happy that I have kids in some ways because I come up against a lot of people I'm coaching or just coming. Adam, to how many kids? Just two. See, how young? Five. How old are they? Um, four and six. Okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so young. when I when I um when I started the podcast and when I even literally quit my job, which was the steady, and again, all people are oh, literally people would say to me, oh, you, you know, you're so lucky. I would, I wish I, but I, my situation, I couldn't do something like that. And I'm be like, what is your situation? And a lot of times, like you say, they didn't have kids, or they might have one kid, and I'll be like, oh, they say, oh, I've got two kids, so I can't do that. And they'd look at me and say, well, I got two kids. And they're like, oh, how old are they? And it literally, it was like literally a newborn so there's always like you said there's always going to be a reason or to not do something if you're that way you know mentally inclined um, people always use kids when it comes to entrepreneurship parents always use their kids as an excuse it's so sad they use the kids as an excuse which is just baloney because i've interviewed hundreds of ceos we're on episode 660 for my show hundreds who have tons of kids yeah tons. It's like <laughs> not aaron ross salesforce exec 12 Kids, fuck it. <laughs> oh, you me. You yeah. me. I was gonna say there was Ed O'Keefe, um, absolute legend, and he, I think he's six kids. 
So, yes. But, and so in my little, if I was like, oh, I've got two kids, which I don't, but if I was, and then he's there like, I got six and they were literally all running around and they're all pretty young as well. Just yeah, it's like a free, listen, I see that as an advantage. It's like a free workforce. Make them work like a dog, right? And don't pay them. No, just kidding. But <laughs> they're in the corner doing paper shredding and stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. can I go out and play? No, I'm, I'm teaching you valuable lessons. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, and we said like there's, you know, it's in your genes. I mean, amongst all of this, let's just say that in your in your working week, apart from your, uh, your ironing board and different things, what would you say is um, something that you use, or it doesn't have to be a resource necessarily, but what would you say is one of your alpha habits, we call it, like something you do daily, either just naturally, or you just think, actually, if, if I don't do it, I probably had a bit of a bad day or not as good as it could have been. Well, I mean, one thing I do every Sunday is I look at my schedule for the next week and cancel as many meetings as possible, mainly because I like, like when you look at a lot of billionaires that I've, that I've interviewed or spoken with or sat down with for coffee, they all have blank calendars. And the reason that's important is because they can react in real time to things happening. Now, if the average worker is worried about putting food on the table for tonight and they're working in 95, they can't react to instant things happening in the market, right? And so that time delay makes them poor right? It makes, it makes the rich richer and the poor poor. The fact that rich people have blank calendars. So I like to keep a blank calendar and I try and cancel as many meetings as I can every morning. Oh, that's powerful. And I have to say in, in 200 plus interviews, no one's ever given that answer. So I like that a lot. Very there cool. you go. So um, my, well, again, I'll show you, you show me around your place. <laughs> this is my one. So this is my great. What is your alpha quote that you like to live your life by? That's by the great man there. Do it, do it now. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. <laughs> Mine's actually, I mean, something that I like to live by is just to remember uh, that copying is a beautiful thing. Copying is a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with seeing a competitor and copying exactly what they do right? Learning from all the money they've invested, right? There's a reason that they're probably optimized, especially if they raise capital, copy them and then add your own spin to it. It's like my advantage in anything I do. I don't think there's anybody, especially at my age that understands how to kind of capture attention. I mean, when I do shows and podcasts, it's always the number one ranked show on, on whoever show I'm on the most downloads they email me. They go, Nathan, what happened? Why is this getting so many downloads? And I go, I don't, people like seeing me in my underwear, I guess, but <laughs> I'm really good at that. Right. And I'm good at distribution. And I'm good at marketing. So what I like to do is just copy the heck out of people software that I like, build it myself and then add my own distribution twist to it. I'm doing this right now with a company I just acquired called www.thetopinbox.com. I was going to ask you about that because I, I yeah. noticed that on your, um, on your LinkedIn profile as well. I was going to ask about, we, I know we've got quite a short time, but want to ask about that company. So tell me a little bit about that, just kind of like the... Well, it's simple. I mean, I used it when I was fundraising as an entrepreneur, when I was trying to get new podcast hosts because what it allowed me to do is when I send an email, it would tell me a timestamp and when that person opened it from what device, their iPhone, their Mac, etc. And so the open tracking was valuable, but I could also write an email at like 6 p.m. on a Friday and schedule it to go out Monday at 5 a.m. so that that person I'm emailing is more likely to see it, right? When they sit down in the office on Monday at 5 a.m. Or investors, right? You write an email at 6 p.m. on a you know Tuesday, but you schedule it to go at 3 a.m. on a Wednesday and the investors get it at 3 a.m. and are going, oh my God, of course I want to invest in this guy. He's working at 3 a.m. <laughs> Right. So like it allows you to send emails later, track opens, set reminders in your inbox, like to come back to an email to keep you at inbox zero. And Aaron, I use this for or Adam. Sorry. I use this for podcasts or auto follow-ups. So let's say I wanted to go on my show. I could yep. email you today 
click the auto follow up and what it would do is it would say in three days, send this email oh, if he hasn't responded. Yeah. yeah. There's cool. a whole chain of like yeah. 20 emails. So it's working well. I mean, we have, we have hundreds of thousands of people using it every day and look, I'm doing well financially. I don't need to make money from it. So it's free right now and it's, uh, it's doing great. Awesome. So, I mean, along this journey as well, it sounded like it was very, um, on the surface, it sounds like it's a very, uh, you know, it happened from within kind of thing. But I mean, what, it, was there ever someone around this stage who inspired you or we call it, you know, our Yoda question, who helped awaken your alpha? Like whether it was from afar, so someone you looked up to or whether it was literally someone who came along and was like, hey, go this way or just told you what you needed to hear at the right time. Yeah. And by the way, I'm bouncing my next thing back five minutes. So we have a little bit more oh, time brilliant, here. Brilliant. Um, but in terms of like who inspired me, um, I don't like to get attached to people because I think it's a weakness. If you get attached mm -hmm. to somebody and they die, you lose that advantage. So I don't yeah. like banking on advantages that I can lose. Uh, I want them for the long term. So what I like to do is have a process for reading autobiographies or even uh, if I can't get an autobiography, which is the best, I read a biography about very wealthy people mm -hmm. and I'll actually live like that person the next day physically. So like Warren Buffett, right? He's drinking Coke at, at you know, at six or, or for his breakfast, right? He's eating two Big Macs at lunch. Well, I'll actually do that the day after I read his book, Snowball or Tap Dancing to Work. And when I'm doing those physical actions of how he lives his life, it makes his mental and intellectual stuff stick more. Mm. Attaching muscle movement to, oh, remember Warren likes compound interest. Focus on investments that drive compound interest over time. Wow. That, that, that is, wow. That is quality. I like that a lot. So, I mean, I know we've got a few minutes, so I'm going to ask straight away as well. Who would you recommend? I mean, it's, we've only just got started, but we're, it's going to be a short interview. But who would you recommend that I interview next for the show? Or who would you say would be a top alpha or interview for this type of podcast from your network you, you should interview somebody that's like opposite of me so interview like like a hippie that hikes the appalachian mountains that eats trail mix that says just do what you're passionate about and the money will come because i like believe all the opposite of those things <laughs> i will so be balance have you ever heard of jp sears he's the guy who does the the videos like that the spiritual yeah it's fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get him on that. There, fun guy. I love perfect. that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> but okay, from your network then, who is maybe a hidden gem that you think um, would do this podcast, number one, or you could uh, bend Oh, on. gosh. Um, it would be a good one. I mean, I might be able to get you like somebody like the CEO of Wealthfront. I mean, they just raised, you know, they're, they're over $140 million raised. They're managing $4 billion in assets. Um, they're trying to take down traditional banking. Um, Andy, though, he created Benchmark Capital, the venture capital firm. So he's a really a big player. Um, I could probably try and tee him up for your show. Ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, tell him it was short, fast, and painless, and we, we're getting in. <laughs> awesome. I will. I will. Cool. So um, in terms of, I suppose, yeah, you mentioned a, a few things there, but what would be your either your favorite book of all time or just your flavor of the month? You mentioned a couple of books there. One of my favorite books is, uh, is called Storming the Magic Kingdom. It's a very old book. You can't, I mean, you might be able to find it on Amazon, uh, but it's the story of in, uh, in 1982 or 84 when Disney's uh, value in terms of like stock price mm -hmm. decreased. Uh, some analysts in the private equity world started like the Toll Brothers started doing analysis and came up with the conclusion that the, the total value of the Dis Disney's real estate, especially in Florida, was more than what their stock price kind of added up to. So they actually tried to run. They tried to basically do 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 uh, like prison pills, everything, trying to take over the Disney yeah. uh, and kick out management. And so you have this amazing battle of kind of commerce, you know, 
you know, you know, financially minded individuals coming after creativity in Disney. And the way those two worlds collide is amazing, whether you're a creative or someone focused just on money. So Storming the Magic Kingdom is a great, great book. Awesome. Um, and uh, we mentioned there again, quite a few of your, of your company stuff. What's the best way, um, if people want to find out more from this little taster, um, to connect with you or yeah, find out more? Yeah, go, go listen to the Top Entrepreneurs podcast. Just search my name on iTunes, which by the way, I may be pulling my show from iTunes. I'll tell you, Adam, why I'm thinking about uh, doing that. Um, but the show's doing very well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, millions of downloads. Go listen, you'll probably be offended and that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I can see the idea of, because there's a lot of shows on there and like you say, you put so much good content, like potentially you could pull that down. Yeah, Adam, there are shows right now ranked at the top of business. And I really shouldn't name them. I won't name them. But many people are saying like Revester, which is right at the top of business iTunes. You listen to that show. It is the worst quality show I have ever heard in my life. The worst. It's just, it's horrible. Tell us what you think. It's not just like the quality, like the microphone. It's the actual content. Mm. There's no content. They promote their own stuff the whole time. It's the most boring show I've ever listened to. And it's a shame that iTunes doesn't have their algorithm working in a way that understands that those people are just genius marketers that have gamed the system to move their shitty content to the top. iTunes should really be ashamed of themselves and it's losing iTunes credibility. Well, no, I, Awesome. I mean, that's a great point. And yeah, sometimes you see that you see these shows at a top and you just kind of assume as everyone does, Oh, that must be a top show. Yeah. When you actually listen to it, you may have a response like you did there. Definitely. And I've, I've come across things like that. It just, and, it, and the reverse, there might be a show that is not, you know, super top, but when you listen to it, like, how does no one know this about it? Really this good. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Possibly like my show. <laughs> so, um, in terms of just wrapping this up, because I am very, well, trying to be respectful of your time here. In terms of wrapping this up, what's either some of the best advice you've ever got? And on the flip side, it may be the same as what advice would you like to leave us in closing? Yeah, again, I would stick to, to, to what I said earlier, which is momentum is king. Like start with a little bit of snow and snowball it. You, you've got to start somewhere, even if that means doing your first interview on an ironing board with iPhone headphones and shitty quality. You have to start and get going. Yep. Hey. And at the end of the day, if it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So keep doing it on the ironing board. Keep doing it in your pants. It's been legendary to start my day with you, mate. I really appreciate this. And uh, we'll have to do it again. <laughs> Adam, you're, I thank you. You're one of the shows that I'm watching. I'm rooting for you. You have great content. You're an amazing interviewer. I appreciate the questions. And thanks so much for having me on. Cheers, man. Here we can you out of the podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. This is the origins. This is what it should be. This is Awaken Your Alpha. Head over to ayalpha.com. Search Awaken Your Alpha on Facebook. Find our private group, great community, the true fans of the show where you can interact with all the guests and myself on a daily basis. Awaken Your Alpha is well and truly back. Join the alliance.